are listening to For the Lore, the podcast that delves into the craft of our favorite games, whether lore, gameplay, or game design. Each week, Roger is joined by Joe, Vince, and Marty. coming to you on the 2nd of April. We have got a pretty full show. Some of these items have been meaning to talk about for quite a while, and we finally will now. So boys, nice to have you back. And Joe, you were off last week. Nice to have you back too. Thanks. Dude, and I did my uh, my 110 boost in a while. <laughs> <laughs> what'd, you, what'd you boost? I boosted a hunter. It's, okay. It's okay. funny because um, even though I've been joking around about this, especially on Twitter too, like my son is still not back in the game. But man, he's still invested. <laughs> he will come and talk to me about shit all the time. We're talking about patch changes, rumors that might be coming out, all kinds of stuff. So it's only a matter of time. But we've been talking about this for a while. And which character would you boost? Because he's thinking the same, like, what would I boost? He's been leaning towards a, a Death Knight. And um, I've been going through all my characters and trying to decide as well if I would use it on one of the allied races when I finally unlock those motherfuckers. And... Uh, and then I thought, you know what? The only class, in my opinion, other than if you've had a main forever and that's your favorite, be it male, female, she, and you've done a lot of stuff on them and they've got all the achievements, yak, 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 then, then it might be worth kind of doing the boost on that. But even then, but for a hunter, if you have invested any time with... Uh, with gathering pets, to me, they're the only ones that are like worth actually spending money on. Be it to race change them or the boost, although I wouldn't pay for the fucking boost because it's too much. But so, anyways, I knew I'd had one hunter at least. I didn't know where the fuck he was, and he had a whole bunch of pets. And sure enough, I checked and I found him. And like he had Deathlack, which that was a fucking pain to tame at level, and a whole bunch of the other stuff. And uh, and it actually turns out it's a hunter that I've got on uh, Marty's realm. So I boosted yeah. him up to 110. So now if Marty does decide to play again, we can do some be it some dungeon runs or whatever together too. Yep, I well, got you a wizard looking. hat. We could also dungeon run across uh, cross realm as long as we're the same faction. I yeah, this one here is Alliance. Well, I'm sorry. I do have my. <laughs> I've been actually working on my druid quite a bit too. My my horde druid, and so he and and your guy can actually do some stuff because I've been building him up as a guardian. So he's fucking amazing at tanking. Holy shit! But still not yeah, as druid good tanks as. Are really strong. Oh, still. they yeah, really strong. But I got to tell you, man, not as strong as DKs. I still haven't done a 110 DK, so I couldn't speak to that. But my demon well, in hunter, case we joke aren't tanks. They're extra. They're they're another healer in your group because they do that much self healing. They just don't fucking die. Oh, that's the thing. Like my DK is spec full out tank, and and I'm sh- to the point where I'm shit at DPS if I'm pugging, and uh, but I don't care. <laughs> but you're a tank. To, to, no, no. But when I'm trying to DPS, but tanking on that character is so much fun she is i'd have to again play my my dk again to see because that was for a while my favorite tank because it's amazing tanking with a blood death knight but this one is just as much fun anyways we weren't even supposed to talk about this shit let's move on to some other stuff (laughs) we actually held off on talking about after party that you wanted to talk about last week joe so go ahead first yeah, so this is from Night School Studio, and uh, you may note that we, we, we love them for Oxenfree. We enjoyed the hell out of that game. And After Party is their next brainchild, which is just as absurd as what we talked about before, maybe more so. Uh, in After Party, you play as Milo and Lola, who are recently dead. Uh, they also happen to be best buds, and they're currently in hell. Uh, they have no clue why they're there. They're just there. Uh, but here's the thing. They want to go back to, to the real world. They want to go back and party and be alive. Because, I mean, who wouldn't? Uh, and there, apparently there's a loophole in their damnation. Uh, if they can outdrink Satan, uh, he'll give them re-entry to Earth. I love it. 
so wonderful. I you are going through hell. You are going through hell on basically a pub crawl of the damn to get ready to take Satan down in a drinking contest. I love it. I, I absolutely love this premise. The artwork looks great. It's got this very cool, um, despite it being hell, it's got this very 80s neon vibe yes. going to it, which I absolutely love. Uh, and it's cool because, like, you see different demons along with humans that are also damned. And they're just kind of all at bars party. And there's, like, nobody's being tortured. They're just kind of, like, chilling out. I, I don't know. Like, I'm, I'm super intrigued. Like, I'm going to play the hell out of this game. Uh, because, well, it's the pedigree of, of, of them to begin with, exactly. school studio, uh, and what they do with Oxenfree, I can only imagine how awesome this is going to be. Um, it also happens to look like the devil might be a woman with a jean jacket, so I'm kind of curious about that as well. I would not be as excited about this, depending on who the studio was who's working on it, but because it's them, and because of because of the intriguing way that they wove their story with Oxenfree, it's got me very curious about this. And I'm like giving them a wide berth. I've got, I've got faith in them. So yeah. And the premise is so fucking out there and fun that I'm, I'm fucking all in. They, they've got my money already. I mean, their tagline is part of your way out of hell. Come on. <laughs> it sounds wonderful. I, I, I love that there's also a social media aspect to the game. <laughs> yes. <laughs> it was it the creator uh, said in an interview, hell is subtweeting. Yep. <laughs> but yeah, um, I, I don't think we have a release date for it quite yet. We don't really have a whole lot for it quite yet. We've just gotten the trailer and some, some generic information about what the story is going to be and some... Uh, bits and pieces of what the art is and i'm okay with that um i just want i can't wait to see where it comes out um part of the reason i'm excited too is because oxen free uh last year i think it was october just got released on the switch and now with the switch being such a platform for like these types of games in particular i'm actually super excited to see this sort of you know hit the switch yep because I will take this with me wherever the fuck I go. Yep, definitely. Dude, and I want to hear the fucking music in this. Oh, dude. Oh, yes. Oh, God. Oh, especially if it's like anything like... If it's like the synth pop that I think it's going to be, I'm I'm so there. If they can pay as much attention to that as they did with the music in Oxenfree, then, yeah, I, I can't wait. Okay, moving on from there. Marty, we got some more stuff about uh, Detroit Become Human as well. So, yeah, and there's actually, as of today, there's even more information. Uh, but today's release seems to be more about the engine that's being used and some of the graphic, like uh, the PS4, PS4 Pro enhanced features, uh, which it's just, it's uh, terrifyingly uh, beautiful is what it looks like it's going to be in terms of like the, GUI, the, the GUI, how many frames per second, and how it's focusing on not so much... Uh, Graphics over frame rate is what they're they're promising with this. So it, it looks like it's going to be beautiful on the PS4 Pro. So did you uh, yeah, did we, you convince Shannon yet that you're getting both a PS4 Pro and a Switch? <laughs> <laughs> oh man, Roger, you're funny. That was that was a good one. That was a good one. Uh, the answer is no. Um, but the other news that has been out, so we have a, a launch date, which is May 25th, PS4 exclusive. Uh, there are three new uh, trailers featuring each one of the title characters, and all their stories are related, but they're not necessarily going to bleed. They'll be touching each other, but not like overlapping directly. Uh, the cast was released, uh, and I did not know that Jesse Williams is... Uh, for lack of a better word, a uh, patron or owner, but that now we're getting into some uh, dicey language is played by Lance Hendrickson, who they like the graphics on this are so clear. It really looks like they just plunked Lance right into the, into the rendering and said, go ahead and do your thing. Um, his gravelly voice is still really badass for this. Uh, Clancy Brown, Minka Kelly, Brian Deckard and Valerie Curry. Uh, is all part of the cast and Jesse Williams who uh, 
has been saying that he's been working with the team as they develop the story so that it's got some actual uh, credibility when it comes to the discussion of basically uh, how future slavery in Detroit can be worked on and what the activism is actually going to look like. So it looks like it's going to be an interesting game. Uh, I like the a lot of the reports uh, coming out of Detroit. Um, the Detroit Free Press did an interview with some of the developers, and it was clear that uh, there was some translation issues uh, between some of the Frenchmen talking and the Detroiters. Uh, something about like when all the cars left Detroit, which isn't actually what happened. There's a lot more of a sociological issue than just the leaving of the big three and how Detroit became Detroit. But that's, it's a podcast for a more political, social justice, political bent, which I won't bore y'all with. Okay then. <laughs> yeah. It's a hell of a closer, Marty. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but how, how, how do we follow game? that up? <laughs> well, it's, it is going to be part of this game is they're exploring it. And I think Detroit makes a really fun place to explore some of the themes that this game wants to explore. So like, will I get a PS4 pro? Definitely not. Will I possibly go over to my buddy's place who lives right up the street and play on his PS4 pro while, we, while he does his research on his game? It's entirely possible. I have a feeling I'm going to be pumping a lot of time into this game. I I still do. I'm still... Well, the, the thing is, is that I, I've always been fascinated with this type of story. Uh, well, with these, even these genres as well, like the, the entire uh, notion of morality and, and laws surrounding an intelligent and at some point sentient AI kind of thing. Like these are fascinating topics that are becoming very pertinent. <laughs> like, so to put it like several years in the future in this entertaining way, I'm all for that. So yeah, I cannot wait to play this game. And because of at least what we know thus far in terms of how it's going to work, or it's supposed to work with all the different branching paths and all, all that. That's yet another reason why I'm so goddamn excited. I, if it falls flat on its face, this may be one of the bigger disappointments in the last couple of years for me. And I'm even bank. I'm, I'm like thinking about some fairly big ones recently that are at the top of that list for me as it stands now. But, uh, but I think I've got so much, not just faith, but expectations with this. Roger, can can you do me a favor? Don't pre-order. I wasn't. I, actually, I wasn't going to. <laughs> okay. okay. I was not going to. Because there's a a very thin line on that precipice <laughs> between it being amazing and it being an utter disaster. I know. I know. And I but, I've picked those up, so that's why I'm I'm holding. I'm holding back regardless of what bonuses may come with it. No, it's not going to be worth it. I'll wait. Yeah. My main concern with it too, is that with all the recent talk more about like the, Oh, the, the high resolution and what it's going to have for the PS4 pro and all this other stuff. I, I do harbor a small concern that they would focus more on the graphical presentation and cut corners with some of the story to make sure it ships and, so I'm I'm I want it to be good and I want to love it and I hope that it is good because I've already started recharging the controller for the PS4 in preparation and, and hoping because it's supposed to be soon. So we'll see. Uh, I, I would very much like it to not suck. Thank okay, thanks. Yeah. Well, we will see soon enough. Okay, moving on. One of the games that I've actually wanted to talk about for a little while now is this. MMO slash ARPG called Soul Worker, and it's this anime game, and I hadn't heard much about it. I'd just seen some some screens from it, and I thought, well, let's let's see what this is. And it it was in beta when I tried it. I actually haven't been back in now since then. I played it for quite a bit just to get a feel for it and everything else, but clearly as you'll see from what i'm about to say about the game i really wasn't in a rush to go into it once it was done <laughs> i like i really like anime i don't like anime trope bullshit 
anime makes it increasingly hard to like, to like anime. anime. Yes. And the people who tell you, well, if you don't like that, then you don't like anime. They're bullshit. That's lazy fucking bullshit just to so that you can get your fan service you can have intelligent anime and i like the style i love that style of animation too and and just everything about it so so i thought well this would be fun if it's well done especially as kind of an arpg go in with three friends and just kind of do a, a level as you would in diablo or whatever get your loot get out and you've got this awesome art style to go along with it so it was like okay well cool we'll check it out but i'm not a fool <laughs> I, my expectations are kind of low so when you go into the game you can choose from four classes again that may have changed since but that's what it was then and that was some of what appealed to me as well because one of the characters was a young girl and then that concerned me but still and she was essentially a bard but with a fucking badass axe <laughs> and like she's strumming these incredible chords and everything and i was thinking okay i can get behind this i i, I want to see more uh, of this character's story and i also want to see how that'll work with the guitar and things like that so so I tried that as my first character and like pretty, again, typical anime trope right from the beginning. It's and it's also not very clear everything that's going on and why she's been like she's been ostracized from her village as a child because they thought that she brought about this bad shit into her her village. And the story is kind of just as bad for the other ones as well i played two of the other ones uh the sole male character is by far the worst to play actually and i was thinking well at least with Wait, him you don't like his gun jazz well at least i don't have to fucking put up with the panty shots with a male character and well, i guess they assumed it would be the least popular character so why put too much development time into it <laughs> no he falls into all the other anime tropes of being uh you know, teenage, essentially Tony Stark, except a lot more annoying, which is saying a lot. <laughs> and just juvenile bullshit on juvenile bullshit. And some of the lines, too, like, like m misogynistic bullshit lines, like a woman making like a, a, a really derogatory comment about a woman doctor. Like, oh my God, a woman who's a doctor. Something that's uh, pretty much seen as unachievable even for men. And that's literally what they say along those, those words. I've got the exact quote here. And then, of course, you go see this doctor. And, of course, she's a mini skirt wearing impossibly large rack, gravity-defying rack and everything. And then you've got this teenager hitting on her the same way he hit on the other female character that that saved his fucking life and and it's just kind of grinds on your nerves all of this stupid shit like when he's talking about building a fucking harem and this is literally it was um either one quest or two after he'd just been made to appear as if he was a little somber realizing he was being an asshole right after a group of soldiers died to save his life and he kind of okay well yeah I'll, I'll be better and then he makes a fucking harem joke and some other shim so you're not going in for story unless you're into that bullshit the combat system is actually pretty cool because it's got an interesting combo system which we see in a lot of games right now but this is interesting too because you can kind of shift things around and the fighting was pretty fast, the and pretty fast, pretty loose, but you could still be hurt if you weren't smart. You need to dodge, which is <laughs> unless a game has a really good system for it. Like I found Wildstar's dodging on the Spellslinger, especially, was so fucking phenomenal. And I could bounce around all over the place and survive shit, but a lot of games I don't find it nearly as intuitive and it's annoying. And then it just kind of fell into that category for me. Um the story, when it's not pertaining to the juvenile bullshit, was interesting enough that as a free-to-play game, I'd 
probably play through just to see where the story is going. But if I had to pay, I certainly wouldn't. And having to deal with the characters on top of that, I definitely will not be. Which is too bad, because as I said, the idea of an ARPG that you can jump into with a few friends, and the idea of playing this young bard, you know, if we could just get some fucking pants on her, and with her axe, and just having a blast and all that... I really dug that. I liked the boss fights, as, uh, actually. Not, you know, it wasn't spectacular, but it was still fun. And I liked, I love the UI of it, actually. Really slick, really cool. Uh, a lot of the different things, like the, the health is animated and whatnot, but it's slick and it doesn't detract from your attention. And the art style throughout as well and different things, like with the design, is really cool. Granted, it suffers from the, a lot of the alleys look exactly the same paradox but other than that it's still kind of it fits in with the theme of the post-apocalyptic setting so i'm willing to kind of let that slide but again sadly that's one of the few things that i'm willing to let slide so so that's soul worker i'll stick with victor fron if i want to kill things with a super awesome guitar weapon so moving on from there vince you wanted to talk about dragon quest as well Yes, uh, Dragon Quest XI is finally had its official announcement for its Western release. It came out in Japan way back in July, but uh, we can be expecting it finally coming out here in the West in September of this year. And they're not just simply re, you know, translating and throwing it out there. There's actually a lot of changes they've put into the game for the Western release. The most notable being voice acting. Uh, Dragon Quest, it, it, they don't feel voice acting is uh, terribly necessary for the Japanese audience, and the Japanese audience apparently agrees, but they know that you cannot release a major platform game in the year 2018 in the West and not have voice acting. So they've put that in there in the Dragon Quest, <laughs> what has now become their ser their uh, signature really campy but somehow charming style. Like I would not call the voice acting good by any stretch of the imagination but it's it's just their style for those games i wouldn't want a dragon quest game with like really great voice acting at this point just because that's that's part of the charm of those games and you either like it or you don't i can't really say much but of course since uh the game was not voiced in japan there really wasn't much need for uh facial animation so they actually had to go back in and actually put in lip syncing for the uh, English language voice acting. So that's a lot of work. Yeah, it is. And it's actually pretty good. Like it's not perfect, but then again, the, the characters aren't designed very for that realistic. That. Like it's a very simplistic art style. So yeah. basically the mouse moves a little bit, but it it's better than the council was. <laughs> <laughs> it would have to be pretty fucking bad to be worse than the council. <laughs> Let's be honest here. Uh, in addition, they've uh, upgraded the UI. Uh, again, Dragon Quest being such a famed classic franchise in the East, they've stuck with that old school menu UI. And again, the fans in the East are perfectly happy with it. But they know bringing it to the West, it's going to have to have some upgraded menus with, you know, art design and all that stuff. And it looks very nice. Uh, I saw something in this trailer that they called freeform fighting. Uh, it was an option they turned on. They made a big deal out of it in the trailer of showing this thing off where you can actually move around the battlefield instead of the traditional, you know, battle lines, JRPG. We're standing over here. You're standing over there. I don't know if it's actually real-time combat or if it's still using the same turn-based system because the little bit of battle they showed using it, I wasn't able to confirm. But even if it's still just the standard, you know, ATB turn-based Dragon Quest combat system, having the ability to run around the battlefield and keep yourself occupied while you're waiting for your turn to come up, that's fine. It's something fun they added in because they've added in a lot of other, like, movement and camera options. Uh, they added in a sprint button because, you know, they know American gamers can be a little impatient. <laughs> so get across town quicker. But also a first-person camera and an ability to turn off the UI for essentially photo mode like there's no built-in photo mode but you know ps4 has that share button for a reason and the, the game has a striking art style it's very pretty so being able to find some great uh, vantage points and take uncluttered screenshots that's very welcome as well well the other thing with that too is that for them that is free advertising because mm -hmm. 
people go batshit crazy posting those on social media for as long as they're playing the game. So it's a smart business move for them as well. Not just a here fans, you'll have fun with this. We know you will, but also we also know it's going to help us. Right. So as I said, it's coming out in September, specifically September 4th on PS4 and Steam. They have decided, however, not to bring the 3DS version to the West. I assume they have their business reasons for doing that. I know people are upset, but I, I don't have a horse in that race because I'll play it on PS4 anyway. I, would, I own a 3DS, but if I had the option, I'd, I'd rather play it on the console just for the graphics and all that stuff. Yeah, no kidding. Although they also said that they are currently working on a Switch version to expect next year. Next year? <laughs> they certainly don't work fast. Let's say, let's be honest. No, no. <laughs> how, how often have we talked about Japanese game development and them taking their damn time? No fucking kidding. But yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to this release because I adore Dragon Quest games. They, they, they're not as flashy or as deep as you know final fantasy or a lot of other preeminent jrpg titles but their their simplicity is part of their charm and it's just a fun game you can sink a bunch of hours into with lovable characters and it, it, your typical save the world storyline which every once in a while you just kind of need that and yeah I, i'm ready for a new dragon quest at this point so i actually picked up uh, nino kuni 2 and mm-hmm. i've been playing that okay um <laughs> it was funny because for a while as i was playing it well several times once again my son came up and was shooting the breeze while i'm playing kind of thing and he's watching me play and i was saying i was telling him all the things that i really liked about it but also pointing out the things that i'm not crazy about either and saying i think the most telling thing that i could say here is that Throughout all this time we've been talking about, it, you've noticed I've never once told you you should play it. And if I was talking to anybody, I actually don't think I would tell them, go out and get this. You'll love it. Really? They may like it, but there's enough with it that, not necessarily wrong, but either just really weird or... I don't know. It's just... It, I'll explain in a minute, but there's enough that I'm thinking, no, I could find other games of this sort that I'd recommend before this. So that's why I wouldn't say, yeah, definitely play. Now, granted, once again, I am not that far in. I'm about, I think, 15, maybe 20 hours in kind of thing. Um, I mean, that's still like halfway, isn't it? I don't know. Because we heard it was 35 to 40 hours. There is some time in there. I'm not going to, let me clarify, that's not all entire game time. Uh, Some of that was paused. So, but I'm still, I'm still well over, I'd peg me probably between 10 and 15 hours, maybe over 15 even, because I played quite a bit of of actual play. Yeah. Uh, Granted, the other thing with that too is that because of the manner in which the game uh, plays out at different points, I found myself uh, grinding because you could kind of go around and choose your battles and then level up your characters that way. And I saw some fairly impressive creatures in the wild that I thought, ooh, I want to try to kill you. But when I got close, (laughs) it was like, oh, no, you're going to kill me and ran the fuck away. (laughs) Uh, Don't try to kill dragons when you just kind of left the the castle. Um, The thing that I, the, the thing that bothers me I shouldn't say the most, but one of the things that bothers me the most is what I discussed when the game was, they were showing off various aspects of it and whatnot. And no, I don't mean the Higgledies, although I do have an issue with them. Uh, it's the the art style. Because if they had gone full-on Miyazaki-esque style throughout the entirety of the game, I would be in heaven. Because mm-hmm. those parts of the game are amazing. They are great, and in typical Miyazaki fashion, even though I know it's not Miyazaki this time around, but still, you have the fantastical blended creatures and things like that. The uprising is coming about from the mouse people that are none too happy with you, and they've come to take over the castle. So there's some some really cool stuff there. But once again, some of the higher-level creatures are in 3D. So they look CGI, they look like computer graphics in a 
animated world and it is incredibly jarring and for me i stress it it takes me out of that moment then you have moments where you're not in the the um like the a lot of the cinematic areas you're kind of still kind of working through kind of thing and you're doing something or whatever but then there's areas where okay you're just running around and essentially you have full control in like uh, yeah, over the shoulder view kind of thing. I had to tweak the camera angles and the way the camera moved because holy fuck was that annoying. But there's settings so that you can change it so that it's far more uh, like playing an MMO where you're or an RPG, you're just running around and it makes more sense. But then there's also you go out into the world at points and it falls into like the the world of Final Fantasy when you're traversing large areas and you're the little chibis running around. The reason why it worked in World of Final Fantasy is because there were only a couple of different time uh, styles per se. That was when you were out and running around, and then the other was when you were doing other things. That's not like that in this game. Plus, when you're in little chibi form running around, A, you're fucking tiny too. Uh, but even when you zoom in, it's not like the art style of the chibis doesn't appear to match the art style of the, once again, computer-generated outside world, not Miyazaki-esque animation style. And I haven't even fucking gotten to the building your castle. Like, there's <laughs> so many different things, and it's accompanied by too many different art styles. And it to me, it is so unbelievably jarring, and, and that's annoying. And then you have the woman in the refrigerator trope right from the get-go where now your male characters are going to go off without her because she sacrificed sacrificed herself so the young guy can live not spoiling much here people because this is fairly still early on but there's going to be some spoilers so whatever um so yeah so you have that right away and it's like oh for fuck's sakes and then there was some other shit too that was like the whole bit with the 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 higgledies Stupid as fuck. Stupid as fuck does not fit, does not make sense. It was clearly they came up with the idea and said, okay, how are we going to write this in? And once again, Bob came up with an idea. Oh, let's just do it so that nobody else sees him except this crazy lady that lives in a fucking small house full of these things. And, and then now all of a sudden, your guys that you control see it, which your guys happens to be the King Evan who's actually the the little boy with the, the ears, which doesn't get explained for a little bit. And you're like, what the fuck? How does this make sense? Um, but then the dude with the ponytail, <laughs> I don't know if this was re- was said in trailers beforehand or whatever, maybe I missed her or whatever, but literally you start the game off and there's fucking like a, a nuke coming down to hit, um, is it New York or is it Washington? I can't remember. And the president is in his car heading towards there, and he's on a bridge. New kids, everybody dies. He gets ported to this parallel world. What? <laughs> I knew he was like an <laughs> army general from the air quotes real world. He's the president. Didn't, didn't know that part. Yeah. He's, oh, he's the president. He's the president okay. of the United States. <laughs> That's who he is. I, I, I think that was not in the pre-release press. So, yeah, President now has a ponytail, is a lot younger and hotter, and is helping out Evan because, in his own words, he's got a little bit of experience running a nation. So hey, Apparently not very good experience. None of he's getting nuked, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, yeah, there's, again, there's elements of it that I did like. I, I like the, uh, much like the South Park games, the two new ones, love the game system it's it's a really good game system a little once again throwing in just weird shit you carry your weapons in an armband and you have room in your armband to store three melee weapons and one range weapon an arm it like it's just weird shit like that throughout that you're going how does that make fucking sense? Like, I'm willing to suspend disbelief, but this is just weird. And there's 
different things like that throughout. But I like the the game system is good. I like the um, clearly World of Final Fantasy showed. I don't mind the the different modes of of you know when you're traversing a large area or a smaller area because we had that in the other games. Although this one is far more jarring because of the art style, but the mechanic itself is not something that I would hate. Although I found that the the fighting system, unless you try to go up against a level fifty fucking dragon, <laughs> is very easy. Very that's, that's easy. Wow. I'm going up against like I was going as a level three up against level nines and tens and winning like without a sweat. So it's kind of like it, it's a it's a joke system. Plus then all of the shit that you're picking up because everybody drops shit everywhere. Thus far. It doesn't really matter. You know, your weapons, yeah, you're going to change them out. But again, because the system is so easy, it doesn't really matter if you do or not. You, you're not going to lose any fights to speak of. So I'm curious where the story is going to go. Though, once again, not enough that I would recommend anybody pick it up like let me put it to you this way vince and we both adored the first one i still recommend the first one to anybody i would recommend people get the ps um subscription for games just so that they can play the first nino kuni on their ps4 that's how good that game was i don't recommend even you buy nino kuni 2 wow Watch somebody else play it. Watch some streams. That'll give you everything that you need. And then find another game that's more engaging and a better use of your time is what I'm getting huh. at. Damn. I I did not expect that from Roger. Yeah, no, me either. And again, it's if I'm recommending a game, it's because I think, hey, you actually should really play this. It'll... It'll be something that you'll either really enjoy or it'll make you think in those rare cases. It can change who you are or your views on different things on a profound level. It can make you a better person. There's games that I recommend for a variety of different reasons. But I also respect that there are so many good games out there, both past and present, and there's so little time that if I'm going to say, listen, there's this fantastic game that you need to play right now. There's a lot of other games before this one that I would suggest. This one's not even in the top 10, not even remotely close. And I'm counting that as like games that are out now kind of thing. So, yeah, I'll play through it because I'm curious. But if if there continues to be stupid things throughout this could be a game that I actually don't finish. I just say, nope, not worth it. I'm just going to start another fucking game. Because once again, I got some amazing games that are just waiting to be played. Yeah, more time for Warframe. No, no, no. I'm not doing that. Fuck you, buddy. <laughs> <laughs> Joe, were you excited about the uh, Lego announcement the other day? I was actually really surprised about that. But I yes, I am very, very happy about that. I mean, it's no no surprise that we definitely enjoy the lego games when they're done well uh i have i own many 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 of them as i'm sure roger does yep, as well and now we're getting in the wake of the incredibles 2 movie ever looming ever looming forward yes thank you um we are getting lego the incredibles which will be coming out on june 15th uh for ps4 xbox one pc and nintendo switch yes 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 yes, yes. <laughs> I'm absolutely on board for as long as it's got the humor and everything that makes the Lego games, you know, really, really great. I'm all for it. I enjoy the fact that like it just from the little trailer, when you see Frozone coming in on his little, yes. little skates, it's like, he's, he's throwing these ice blocks out of nowhere. And it's, it looks absolutely beautiful and, and wonderful. And I, I dig it. I absolutely dig it. I love the Incredibles. I think it's a, a fantastic world. I'm really happy. We're going back yeah. there in the movies. I'm looking forward to seeing what the game is going to be about. This is right up my alley. There's yeah. IPs that, you know, we all have that wish list of, man, I wish it was a Lego game for this, be it a franchise or movie. And, I mean, 
The Incredibles is popular because it hit on so many themes for so many different people. Like I've never heard anybody say they didn't love The Incredibles. So to see Lego's take on it, because their irreverent take is what makes their games their games. So I'm dying to see Lego's take on this. Like I, this is like you said, fuck, this is going to be a switch. And if this one has multiplayer, you know, we keep talking oh, yeah, about playing. playing together. Fuck, dude, I would love to play the Lego Incredibles game with you in multiplayer. That'd be so much fun. As long as it is online play, yeah, I'm all for it. Which yeah. hopefully by the time this game releases, and you, you bring up a good point, hopefully by that time it releases, the Nintendo online system should be in place in theory. So hopefully this will be one of the one of the, the games to early adopt that, and I'd be all about yeah. it. Yeah, it's just the movie franchise known for being completely irreverent and taking the piss out of superheroes, teaming up with the video game franchise, yes. not for being completely irreverent and taking the piss out of its source material. Like it's a match made in heaven. I, oh, yeah. Yeah. I, I cannot think of anything better suited to a Lego game. And that's including the Lego games we've already gotten that were fantastic. Marty, you got to pick up a switch just to buy that game. I'm, gonna pick up a switch this is <laughs> planning on it all right so uh, let's get an over under on this one folks how many weeks uh, are we gonna hear i'm already continue to say i'm going to get a switch until he actually gets a switch listen i'm going i'm going with six weeks who's got an over under on that it's actually it's been over six weeks already <laughs> oh it's been way over six weeks. oh i'm talking about from now oh for now from, from, oh, yeah, from today but... you don't get the vote marty i was well, gonna I, give people some inside I, information but fine <laughs> I see. I think Marty can hold out. Like I think he can, you know, stick to his guns. And I, I give him another ten weeks. Ooh, Ooh. Roger. Marty, I, just a. I, I don't do it often, but just a touch of advice from somebody who's been uh, <laughs> married for twenty five years. Uh-huh. Uh To quote, who was it that said that? It's easier to ask for. Uh, forgiveness, forgiveness than permission. permission. <laughs> oh, yeah. If the Switch suddenly shows up and is fully hooked up, box put aside and stored away kind of deal, and just... Well, I got a great place to hide the box. That's not so a problem. So that's... Trust, it, it works. <laughs> I'm, I'm not saying I've done it. I'm just saying you can trust me when I say it works. <laughs> Let me let me get through C two E two, which is my the, the Chicago comic book convention, and then we'll see. Is it going to be six weeks or ten weeks? We'll see. Comic books don't have the same importance as a new switch. I mean, let's be honest; it's true. You can read everything in your subscriptions to to the Marvel Unlimited thing, anyways. That's a really good point. And then yeah. you'll have a switch on top of that. No, I want I want <laughs> comic book art. Like it's my thing, guys. Do I buy a switch or do I buy a print from Dustin Wen or something? The switch, the switch, Young, dude. The switch. You get the switch. Fantastic as a Dustin Wen print would be. You frame it. You hang it on your wall. You look at it. You admire it. It doesn't move. The, the pictures on the switch move. <laughs> <laughs> you can also take the switch with you. That print you have to leave somewhere safe. Actually, you could use the switch to take a picture of the print (laughs) and then look at it whenever you want, wherever. You're sitting on the crapper, you could look at a picture of the print. (laughs) I'm I'm going with three weeks. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. I I think we've influenced this a bit too much. All right, Marty, you wanted to talk about this update to uh, Pokemon Go. Are you still playing that? I am still playing it because when I walk, I get my steps in and I count my steps with fucking Pokemon Go because why the hell not? Um, And I get made fun of by the the young kids that I used to work with all the time because I play it. It's it's not because of Pokemon Go. Well, well, this is, well, that's the the number one vehicle for it. Uh, That and like statistics, they make fun of me for this. Um, But they just had, as of uh, April, no, March 31st, they released a new patch. Part of it was the April Fool's gag where all the graphics for the Pokedex and raid information went to 8-bit, uh, which was, and they said it was, quote, 
twice the 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 resolution of 4K because four is you know twice four is eight. Yes, we did. Uh, it's the it's it's hilarious. But they added a whole new feature of special research and uh, field research so that you can build up and do like basically mini quests and daily quests as you go around doing tasks like getting three great throws in a row and it'll unlock maybe stardust maybe some new uh pokeballs or in some cases you you can collect an amazing or high uh, high level uh you know pokemon and it's all about looking for mew and tying it into the release of this new this new x pack as the as we continue to explore uh season three of pokemon it's fun like gotta be honest throwing three great uh throws in a row like literally like nailing it as a streak it's not very easy uh but you can just say i don't want to do that one and move on to another one it's a it's a fun way they have added to like explore wherever you live as well as do different stuff within the game depending on what you do i don't get me wrong i think it's actually still great for anybody who's using it i mean fuck we talk about pokemon all the time and stuff and if i was more mobile i would love to play it uh, sadly <laughs> i i was playing mainly just around the house and like in the backyard so you're really limited <laughs> in what pokemon yeah. are available to you and then when my wife went for a walk she used all my pokemon balls <laughs> <laughs> and like didn't i think she caught one really common one and she apologized after and i was like don't worry about it it's all right but i don't want to spend money because once again there's like maybe two different maybe three different pokemons around this area and that's it so i was like all right well i'm done playing for now but no i think it's awesome like in the more stuff that they do to uh, improve upon what's there that engine i think it's great and i also like it not just because of what it means for this game which is huge and again they deserve all the success they're getting from it. But I like what it means for the other games that are going to be coming out using some of the similar things, themes to it. Like, I mean, fuck, I, while I wouldn't code it because I don't have the experience or, you know, the, the will to actually fucking do it. Like, I've thought about, okay, well, what other things could we do with that kind of notion of capturing things out in the real world using AR technology and with the improvements constantly coming about with AR now? Yeah, I, I think it's awesome. So, no, more power to them. Yeah, with Apple's new AR kit, and yeah. I think it's like AR kit 15, the it's getting easier and easier and easier uh, to do this kind of work, and it's only a matter of time before... Uh, yeah, like, like you were saying, so many amazing concepts are put into play. I am, I'm very excited for like a horror style AR game or a horror RPG yeah. style game. Oh, it'll be so much fun. Oh, there's, there's just so many different things that they could do with it. So, and with the advancement of AR glasses just around the corner that aren't the stupid ugly ass Google ones, then some really nice AR glasses as well. We're going to have some pretty cool stuff coming down the pipeline for that as well and i like that as well because of what it could mean not just for uh games like pokemon go where you're out in the world which once again i think that's great with the exception of people are a little too much into it and the accident causing bullshit uh but oh, yeah. for just kind of being active and interacting with other people, I think it's phenomenal. But I like the idea for what it can mean for the house as well and just for games that can use your home's environment to make use of that. And that's like the the horror stuff, clearly that's easily done, but there's a lot of other stuff that they can do too. So that's not VR, but it's that, that really cool AR. And because of what I've now seen with VR, both the pros and the cons, the pro with AR is going to be clearly no nausea because you can see through, but also I would think a degree of pain relief as well because you're still concentrating on things that aren't there and you're living still in, even though it's a, a, a world that looks like yours, it's going to be just slightly different enough that it might keep your attention off of it. So I'm really curious for the advancements of that as well, same as I was with VR. That's going to be super cool. Yeah. 
So that is actually it. We are wrapping up a little early. Let's just do a quick round table here just because we have a few minutes to spare. Joe, what have you been playing lately? Fucking golf story. Still? <laughs> <laughs> I I really like the game. Like it's got a surprisingly decent story going through with the the RPG stuff. The character customization from leveling up is actually pretty intuitive and fun. Uh, and the system for playing golf in it is actually really fucking solid. Like it's it's just a super fun game. But I've been playing it like drips and drabs. And oh, I so just, it's all right like though it. for that kind of play style, just kind of oh, yeah. in. You can drop in, drop out. It's it was well worth the money as far as I'm concerned. And then it has uh, for when you want to play with somebody else, it does have like you can do a you know local co-op mode with I think it's up to four players. And it's just any of the courses and you can set variables as much as you want. And it's, it's really, really cool. Like I just really enjoy the game and I, I, it's a guilty pleasure. I just like golf games. And then I also picked up uh, blossom tales, which is, Oh yeah. It's a very fun uh, Zelda clone where you get to play as a female badass version of the essentially link and it's it's just a ton of fun the controls are really intuitive story is cute it's told from the aspects of a uh old grandfather telling uh reading stories to his two granddaughters uh and basically it's that whole hey you can be badass adventurers too uh and it's it's just kind of really cool and heartwarming and it's the the graphics are very retro uh very uh, they're somewhere between 8 and 16 bit they're not quite eight bit but not quite the same like level you would find on like a genesis um but it's just it's fun it's solid like and those are the i don't know why but those are the type of games i've been playing a lot lately. well again the switch is tailor-made for those yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, easy absolutely. to bounce in and out for a little bit here and there so yeah and they've been having a shit ton of fucking sales lately jesus it takes a while just to scroll through all the sales yeah oh yeah they've so, definitely yeah. been doing that if you own a Switch, make sure to check the eShop like all the time because while some of them are just a couple of bucks off, a number of them are like really good sales. So it's it's definitely worth your time. Okay, Marty, what about you? What have you been playing? Stellaris, I'm guessing. Uh, Stellaris and Destiny, we're still doing, um, we're still playing that a lot. But uh, I've also, like, have not played a lot of games lately. I've been trying to work on a, a separate project for for my other podcast, so. Nobody cares about that. I know, no one cares. No one. <laughs> you, can take a, you can take a picture of the other podcast, watch it on the crapper, and there you go. That's as much people will care about that podcast as they do. Uh, but yeah. No, too busy to play mini games outside of like a couple rounds of Stellaris and the occasional uh, dungeon run on Destiny. Vince? Well, uh, last week, week before, I think it was the week before, with the travel I had, it kind of threw off my schedule. Yeah, week before last, uh, I spent a snow day afternoon playing a game you had given me a review code for, uh, that being Assault Gunners HD, uh, a PS4 port of... What I'm told was a Vita game, but looking at it, I thought it was a PSP game. Ouch. It's, uh, it's not good. It, it had everything I would like being, you know, a mech combat game of building and upgrading your own mechs, but the combat is very, very simple. The only difficulty in the game is just them throwing more and more enemies at you to the point where the frame rate chugs on the PS4. Are you serious? Yes. And I could not tell you what the story is because there's like these little blurbs before and after missions of like just exposition. And then the voice acting is English and they don't have subtitles (laughs) in any of the (laughs) cutscenes. So something about Mars and robots. That's all I got. But uh, what... Much like Marty, I haven't been playing too many actual video games lately because I've been involved in another project, and that's uh, putting together my next D&D campaign. Allie was talking about this in her stream the other day, so what's the plan? Mm -hmm. Well, I can't say too much right now because of uh, present company, but uh, with uh, the start of Season 2 of Critical Role, Alicia has been really getting into D&D lately, and she really wants to play. So I was like, okay, I'll start up a campaign for her and some family, friends and family. 
And uh, I actually posted an article into our Discord to you guys about like that Dark Soul style dungeon. And yeah. I'm taking some inspiration from that because as I will go to my grave, Dark Souls lasting legacy is not going to be the fuck you, you died combat, but rather it's approach to level design and storytelling. And I think I can use those elements in a tabletop game to great effect. Uh, I've got the setting. I've been spending days like <laughs> I'm at work. I'm like drawing maps while I'm waiting for, you know, to be able to move on in the aisles and stuff of designing both uh, from a story standpoint, this lost civilization that they're going to be exploring. But not only that, really testing my skills in map making of having these maps that are all interconnected with shortcuts and uh, alternate pathways that they can find and then mixing in how are they going to get these lore bits through their exploration like combat's obviously always going to be a thing with D&D &D. It, it's always going to be there but I'm finding new ways beyond just the combat to use the systems and uh, I've been engrossed in that like I can't stop thinking about it because it, you know typical D&D &D maps <laughs> this isn't uh you know go 20 feet turn left and there's a door and there's a room like i'm designing a city with surrounding landscape and okay how are they going to get from the mountains to the church without having to walk through four other maps like it, it's been a very rewarding challenge to me so far it's funny because um I've, I've mentioned before, my son has been running, DMing a, a campaign for a while now. And so I periodically get the stories. So he'll come and he'll tell me about the, the shit that they've gotten into. And it, <laughs> and it makes me laugh. And he's listening you to You won't believe some what these idiots up. have done this time. <laughs> I, I, well, I just told them to. So, you know, unless they've taken down or fought a Kraken, you know, tried to take down a Kraken, they're probably all right. Don't worry about it. But he was talking to me about... Um, the campaign he was going to be doing the, the session on Saturday and on Friday, he was like worried because he's like, either this is going to be a Hail Mary save for them that I throw in like Deus Ex or it's going to be, they all die. <laughs> and, and we spent like almost an hour discussing the merits of both of those and how <laughs> you know sometimes even though your party knows it's the wrong thing to do, it's fun and they don't have that that freedom in the real world. So to be able to do it in the, the this make-believe world, who the fuck cares? It's just for fun. So I, whenever you're talking about this and the, the fun of creating those worlds, well, A, I can appreciate just from a storytelling perspective, but I keep thinking about him and all the fun that he's been having creating this world for his friends too. See, the thing with D&D &D game prep, and I know Marty and Joe are going to back me up here, is you can't get at least from my point of view, you can't get too invested in building up this fantastic backstory because there's always the chance your players are going to take one look at it, set it on fire and walk in the other direction. <laughs> oh my God. That is the biggest, most powerful truth ever said today. Yeah. There, there is no accounting for players. Like, so you, just, you have to have outlines. That's all yeah, you can do. Exactly. I, I, I have ideas. Like I know the surface level facts if they end up becoming invested in it, I can expand upon it, but I focus more on the things I know they're going to be interacting with, like new mechanics I'm putting into the systems, like stuff I'm doing with this new campaign as far as like uh, upgrading weapons. I'm taking inspiration, not just from Dark Souls, but like Monster Hunter and The Witcher and, and stuff like that. So I, I can really focus on that because I know that's something that they're going to be interacting with. Whereas I don't want to write 50 lines of dialogue for an NPC if Sir Reginald's going to come along. Ouch. Ouch. Well, no, I mean, you hate to say it, but it's accurate. It's not just, you know, you, Roger. It's just there's always a player in every group that's just like that. I don't know what it is, even if they are the most even keel person. Are they the most they can be the most team player centric person outside of that environment. But something switches with certain characters and they just turn into murder hobos. Like, it's just the way that it goes. Or like, you have the, the counter to that and an NPC that you'd put absolutely no effort into because they're going to interact with them for five minutes ends up becoming part of the ongoing yep. story for months. Exactly. Yep. You're, you, it's Robin. the unpredictable element. I got shit for Robin for way too long from Mally <laughs> during her stream. I, 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 did I say Robin's name? No, I'm putting that in there. Because, <laughs> man, I took a, a lot of flack from, <laughs> from Allie for that. 
And I'm like, she again, would still all, be all, mucking all, out stations if it wasn't for Sir Reginald. All of these anecdotes, while they can apply to our own personal experiences on this podcast, also apply to literally every other RPG we have played, run, heard about, or has ever existed in the history of tabletop. Yeah. Yeah. All right, so that is going to wrap it up for this episode. Thank you very much for joining us. You can, of course, find the show notes at ForTheLore.com, and you can also find find us on iTunes and Stitcher. You can leave us some comments there. Or on Twitter at ForTheLore individually. Joe is Loader ZJ, Vince is Smody, and Marty is Officer Gleason, and I am Zen Buddhist. And with that, we will see you guys next week. Thank you for listening to For The Lore. If you'd like to hear more from the guys, check out Popcorn Ronin with Roger and Vince, a movie, TV, and anime podcast, as well as Lore Watch, a Blizzard lore podcast co-starring Joe. And if you're into comic books, check out All Comics Considered with Marty and his crew. Lastly, thanks to Manelli Jamal for the show's theme music. You can find him at ManelliJamal.com as well as on iTunes and help support this incredible musician by picking up his CDs.